Please open up in your copy of God's Word to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 1 through 5 today. The title of our message is Gospel Encouragement, Children of Light. Gospel Encouragement, Children of Light. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. I'm going to begin by reading this passage of Scripture, so if you will follow along in God's Word. Church, this is the Word of God. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. This is the word of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we come to this time of the preaching of your word, Father, would you, by the power of your spirit, open up our hearts, remove any blinders from our eyes, any any hardness from our hearts, Lord, help us to come with teachable spirits, Lord, to learn from you, about you, so that we can serve you, better and better each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you rich or are you poor? Or are you somewhere in between? Are you old or are you young? Or are you somewhere in between? Are you smart or are you dumb? Or are you somewhere in between? Are you healthy or are you sick? Or are you somewhere in between? Are you extroverted or are you introverted or are you somewhere in between? Are you hot or are you cold or are you somewhere in between? Will you escape God's coming judgment or will you experience God's coming judgment? And friends, there is no in between. God's judgment is coming. God's wrath towards sin and sinners, church, is coming. And every person falls into one of two categories. Not three, not four, not five, not any more. One of two categories. Those who belong to the light and therefore will escape God's wrath. It's one category. And those who belong to the darkness and will not escape God's wrath is the other category. And that's it. There's no middle ground. There's no middle category. And so this begs the question, what is the difference between those who escape and those who do not escape? We want to look at that this morning, but let me give you a very simple and very true and very accurate one word answer to that. The difference is Jesus. The difference is Jesus. Church, because of Jesus, we can escape God's coming judgment. Because of Jesus, we can escape God's coming judgment. Last week we saw where Paul addressed the second coming of Christ, specifically as it related to believers in Jesus who died prior to his return. And we were encouraged by the fact that believers who died prior to Christ's return will not miss out on Christ's return. In today's passage, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, Paul writes about the day of the Lord. 
the day of the Lord, and how it's going to impact every person in one of two ways. It will bring destruction for those who belong to the darkness, but those who are children of light will escape and thus need not fear this coming day of the Lord. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 through 11 is really one unit of Scripture, verses 1 through 11. Um, but we're going to split this into two weeks, this passage into two parts, take a couple of weeks to look at verses 1 through 11. If you will go ahead and look ahead at verse 11, to the end of this passage, look ahead at verse 11, you're going to notice, just like the previous passage ended, the last verse of chapter 4, um, these verses are meant to provide gospel encouragement. You see that, therefore, be strengthened and encourage one another, just like the previous passage ended. So these, these verses are meant to provide gospel encouragement to us. Today we're going to look at the, the first five verses as Paul differentiates between children of light and children of darkness or those who belong to the darkness. And as we study these verses, I want to share with you two things that are true about children of light in relation to God's coming judgment. Two main, two main points today um, about children of light as they relate to God's coming judgment. The first truth I want to share with you is this. Children of light are aware of God's coming judgment. Children of light are aware of God's coming judgment. Paul begins this passage by saying, Now concerning the times and the seasons. The times and the seasons. Maybe you've seen that phrase in your Bible as you've been reading. The phrase, the times and the seasons, is a phrase that's actually used by Jesus in Scripture to refer to the future time when He will return to rescue His people, punish all evil, and set up His eternal kingdom. This future time is often called the day of the Lord in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, it's also called the day of the Lord, like in our passage. Sometimes it's called the day of Jesus or some variation of that. In verse 2, we see Paul refer to this as the day of the Lord. I want to pause for just a moment to consider this day of the Lord and ask this question. What exactly do we mean when we say the day of the Lord? The day of the Lord. I mean, in one sense, every day is the Lord's, right? Uh, it, Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So every day is a day that belongs to the Lord. But there's a specific time coming that's called the day of the Lord. Now, I, I want to I I give you a quick, um, really short answer to that. Then I want to look at a passage of Scripture that's going to help us understand it a little bit more. Um, the day of the Lord refers to a future time of God's judgment and rescue. Just think of those two words. We think of the day of the Lord, think judgment and rescue. Judgment and rescue, judgment and rescue. It's a coming day when King Jesus comes to destroy the wicked and rescue the righteous. Now, throughout the sermon, I want to read three, I'm going to go to the Old Testament three different times and read three passages of Scripture. And um, these passages will help us see both the judgment and the rescue. Some will focus more on the judgment side, some will focus more on the rescue side. So let me go ahead and give you just one of those passages, and then we'll get to a couple of more uh, throughout the message. Isaiah chapter 13. Verses 9 through 11. Isaiah 13, 9 through 11. She'll just listen as I read. Behold, the day of the Lord. There's that phrase. The day of the Lord comes cruel with wrath and fierce anger to make the land a desolation and to destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of the heavens and their constellation will not give their light. The sun will be dark at its rising and the moon will not shed its light. I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will put an end to the pomp of the arrogant and lay low the pompous pride of the ruthless. As you see from that one passage, the day of the Lord is a day of judgment. No doubt about it. Now, this future time, Paul says uh, about this future time, he tells the Thessalonians, you have no need to have anything written to you. See there that in verse one, you have no need to have anything written to you. 
You see, in the previous section, back in the end of chapter 4, you remember Paul says, I don't want you to be uninformed. I've got to tell you some information that, that you don't know yet. Um, here, he's not telling them any new information. Here he says they know what they need to know concerning the times and the seasons. In verse 2, he says, for you yourselves are fully aware. You yourselves are fully aware. What was it that the Thessalonian believers were fully aware of? Notice with me three things in these verses, these first three verses, that, uh, that helps us understand what they were fully aware of when it comes to the day of the Lord. We're going to see that it was, they're, they're, they're aware that the day of the Lord is sudden, it's surprising, and it brings certain destruction. It's sudden, it's surprising, and it brings certain destruction. First, they were aware that the day of the Lord will come suddenly for both believers and unbelievers. The day of the Lord will come suddenly for believers and unbelievers. Paul uses an easy-to-understand illustration here. He says in verse 2, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Now, how does a thief in the night come? How does a thief in the night come? He, he comes suddenly, right? He comes unannounced. That's why he comes at night, so you won't see him coming. No thief knocks on the door, kind of knocks a few times and says, Ready or not, here I come. There's, there's no warning, right? The, 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 the whole goal of the thief is to be sudden about his coming. All of a sudden, he's there. Church, that's how the day of the Lord will come. It will come suddenly. That's what Paul's point is here. And this is true for both believers and unbelievers. Paul's saying, brothers, we don't have to tell you about the timing of the day of the Lord, the times and the seasons, because you already know that no one knows when that day will come. Just as certain as we are that that day of the Lord will come, we are just as certain that we don't know when that exact day will be because it's coming like a thief in the night. It's exactly what Jesus taught in, uh, in, in his uh, earthly ministry here. And we see this in other places in the New Testament. Let me give you just a sampling. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, we find this exchange between Jesus and his disciples. So when they, the disciples, had come, they asked him, Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons. There's that phrase. Jesus uses it. Not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. We'll go to Matthew chapter 24. I'm going to read two verses. Verse 36 and verse 44. Verse 36 says, But concerning that day and hour, this is Jesus speaking, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. And then skip ahead to verse 44. Therefore, Jesus says, you also must be ready for the Son of Man, talking about himself, is coming at an hour you do not expect. He's talking to, he's talking to disciples there too. It's not just unbelievers. He's talking to everyone. And then one more place in Revelation chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus says this, I will come like a thief and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. I think it's safe to say we don't know exactly what day and what hour the day of the Lord will come. Church, it is a matter for fools to try to predict the day of the Lord. Anyone who tries to predict the exact time when this will happen, is guilty of rejecting biblical authority, is guilty of calling Jesus a liar, is guilty of speaking lies himself or herself, and is damaging, guilty of damaging Christian credibility. One writer said of the times and the seasons, he said, quote, it is a matter of divine determination and not a proper subject for Christian speculation. It's enough for us to know that it's coming. 
We don't have to know the exact date. In fact, we cannot know. So the day of the Lord will come suddenly for both believers and unbelievers. And children of light are aware of this. The second thing children of light are aware of in verses 1 through 3 is this. Uh, the day of the Lord will come as a surprise. It's going to come as a surprise, but only for unbelievers. It will come as a surprise to unbelievers. Here, a distinction begins to be drawn between believers and unbelievers. While the day of the Lord will come suddenly for both believers and unbelievers, it will come surprisingly only to unbelievers. By unbelievers and believers, we mean those who believed in Christ or who have not believed in Christ. To be surprised, you know what that means? It means to be caught off guard. Like if you are inside and all of a sudden you look down, there's a snake there right between your legs. You would be caught off guard. You would be surprised. Verse 3 says, the day of the Lord will come while, notice this, what it says in the text, while people are saying there is peace and security. While they're saying that. Right in the middle of them saying, ah, there's peace and security. Boom. That's when the day of the Lord will come while they are saying that. In other words, while they are thinking everything is fine, God will suddenly come against them with his wrath and vengeance and judgment, and they will be caught off guard. However, remember, gospel encouragement. Not so for believers. Believers won't be caught off guard, as we'll see in verse 4, because they are ready for the day of the Lord. They will not be caught off guard, even though they may not know exactly and will not know exactly when it's going to happen. Believers will not be caught off guard. Think about it this way. Think about the difference between unbelievers and believers this way when it comes to um, the, 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 the day of the Lord. If we turn all the lights off in a building that had a really long call and, uh, and I said, all right, I'm turning all the lights off. It's dark outside. You're not going to be able to see anything. I want you to walk down that hall and then I'm going to, I'm going to be in one of these rooms along the hall and I'm going to jump out and I'm going to scare you. Now, you don't know exactly which room it is, and so when I jump out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be sudden. There's going to be a suddenness to it. But you're really not going to be that surprised, right? Because you know it's coming. It's going to be sudden, but you're not going to be surprised because I've told you. Now, what if you're walking down a long hall in a dark building that has lots of rooms, and you don't think anybody's there? And all of a sudden, I jump out of one of those rooms. Not only is it sudden, it's also surprising, right? You might have to change your clothes. Um, and so, so, but you're going to be shocked, right? Because you, 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 weren't, you weren't ready for it. In the first case, you didn't exactly know when it was coming, but you were bracing yourself. You knew it was coming at some point. Um, and, and so it's, it's similar to that when it comes to the day of the Lord. It's going to be both sudden and surprising to unbelievers because they'll be deceived into thinking that they are living in peace and security when in reality they are sinners against a holy God who is coming to punish all wickedness. See, when it comes to the day of the Lord, it doesn't matter if we have a, a state-of-the-art home security system or a huge retirement account or belong to a, a country that has a strong military or, or we have a great insurance policy. Those things might be able to provide some temporary and earthly security. But church, they will be worthless when God's judgment comes. Be like the rich farmer who built larger barns to store up all of his grain and goods and told his soul, uh, told his soul said, soul, just relax, eat, drink, and be merry. And God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared. Whose will they be? He had made some preparation, but it was the wrong preparation. So don't be deceived or else you will be surprised. And being surprised by the day of the Lord, church, is not a good thing. As we see next, third thing children of light are aware of is this. The day of the Lord will bring certain destruction for unbelievers. The day of the Lord will bring certain destruction for unbelievers. Verse 3 says, while people are saying there is peace and security, then 
sudden destruction will come upon them as the labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. The Apostle Paul shifts metaphors for just a minute. He's talking about a thief in the night. Now he's talking about a woman who's going into labor. Again, the suddenness is there just like with the thief. Anyone who knows anything about having a baby knows that the baby rarely comes on the due date. In fact, only about 4 to 5% of babies are actually born on their due date. And so there's often a suddenness associated with a woman going to, into labor, just like there is with a thief breaking in during, during the night. But Paul here takes the metaphor a step further. Not only does labor come suddenly upon a mother, it also comes painfully upon a mother. For the unbelievers, for those in darkness, the day of the Lord will be one of sudden pain. Like a mother going into labor. Notice what Paul says here. These are sobering words. Then sudden destruction will come upon them. Then sudden destruction. Please hear me. Please hear God's word. The day of the Lord is not something to be taken lightly. This is a matter of eternal life and of eternal destruction, of heaven or of hell. Paul described it this way to the second Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, he says this, When the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with His mighty angels and flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His might. And friends, don't think for a second that there's going to be a second chance on the day of the Lord. Jesus isn't going to come back and then knock and say, Ready or not, here I come. You better get ready. I'm going to give you one last chance. He's not going to say that. Notice how it, the wording is here. Sudden destruction. Not a sudden last chance, a sudden second chance, a sudden warning. Just sudden destruction. The day of warning is today. Before Christ returns. And according to the last phrase of verse 3, the painful destruction will be unavoidable. Paul says, and they will not escape. Uh, even the Greek, if you translate it as literally as you can, it's more emphatic. It uses a double negative. It, it says something like, uh, they will not escape, not at all. So considering the destructive nature of the day of the Lord, combined with the fact that those to be destroyed will be holding on to earthly things that they think are going to provide them with peace and security when that day comes, I want to read another Old Testament passage. This comes from Zephaniah chapter 1, verses 14 through 18. Notice how what Paul is saying lines right up with what the prophets uh, prophesied in the Old Testament. The great day of the Lord is near, Zephaniah prophesied, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, a day of trumpet blast and battle cry against the fortified cities and against the lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind so that they shall walk like the blind because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed for a full and sudden end. He will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. Listen, the day of the Lord, church, will come suddenly. It will come surprisingly and it will come with certain destruction and children of light are aware of this they are aware of god's coming judgment but secondly i told you two main truths today here's the second one not only are children of light aware of god's coming judgment but children of light are prepared for god's coming judgment children of light 
are prepared. We don't just know about it, but we're ready for it. I love the way verse 4 begins. In view of the sudden and certain destruction coming as a surprise upon unbelievers, Paul says, but you. You see how, you see how verse 3 starts out? Excuse me, verse 4. Uh, but you. But you. In Romans 8, I, I love it when Paul writes, but you. He does it several times throughout his writings. Let me give you a couple examples. Romans 8, Paul says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And, and then First uh, Corinthians 6, Paul is describing people who will not inherit the kingdom of God. And he says, and such were some of you, but you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Here, Paul says, but you are not in darkness. Brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. Here we see two very clear categories of people. On the one hand, you have people who are described as being in the darkness and of the night and of the darkness, which means they belong to the darkness. And on the other hand, you have people who are the children of light or children of the day. And friend, as you see... There's no middle category. There's no middle category. When it comes to the judgment of God, there is night and there is day. There is darkness and there is light. And that is all. As one writer said of Paul and Sylvanus and Timothy's words to the Thessalonians, he said this, these writers know of no twilight zone or condition. There's no halfway dark and halfway light. It's either in the darkness or you're in the light. You belong to one or to the other. I want you to notice two things, verses 4 and 5, concerning our preparation. Verse 4 tells us that being prepared means we'll be protected. Remember, gospel encouragement, this is good news for children of light. Being prepared means we will be protected. Protected from what? Well, protected from the judgment of God. Paul writes in verse 4, But you are not in the darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. You see, those who belong to the darkness are surprised and therefore harmed by the coming judgment of God. But just like the person who's not surprised by the thief will not be harmed by the thief because he will be prepared for the thief. Those who are children of light will not be surprised by the day of judgment because they will be ready for the day of judgment. And therefore, they will not be harmed. Instead, they will escape the destruction that is coming on the day of the Lord. There's another thing. Being prepared means that we have been changed. You see, being prepared means in the future we will be protected from God's coming judgment. But that's true only because those who are in the light, who are children of light, have been changed. Have been changed. Why will some be protected on the day of the Lord? Because they have been changed. See, belonging to the night, belonging to the darkness means you are separated from God because God is light. There's no darkness in him. None at all. But belonging to the day, belonging to the light means you have been reconciled to God. It means you belong to God. And while the day of the Lord means judgment for all who are separated from God, it means rescue. Remember those two words I said at the beginning, judgment for those who belong to the darkness, don't belong to God, but it means rescue for those who have been reconciled to God, who belong to the Lord. Protection is only for those who have been changed from darkness to light. Those in the dark are surprised. Those in the light are prepared. There's no middle ground. And so we need to be changed from one to the other. 
See, it's kind of like covering your eyes in a thunderstorm versus keeping your eyes open during a thunderstorm. Right? If your eyes are covered, you can't see the lightning, and so you don't know when the thunder's coming. Right? The thunder always comes after the lightning. And so if your eyes are closed, you can't see the lightning, and so the, the thunder it, it, it takes you off guard. You're not ready for it. But if your eyes are open, you're in the light, you can see the lightning, and then you can brace yourself for that rumble of thunder. The problem, church, is that we come into this world with the eyes of our hearts covered with sin. We come into this world in the dark. Spiritually speaking, we are in the dark from the moment we take our first breath. The question is this, then. How do we go from belonging to the darkness to belonging to the light? Do you remember that one word answer I gave you at the beginning? Jesus. How do we go from belonging to the darkness to belonging to light? Church, the answer is Jesus. God has sent His Son, who is the light of the world, into the darkness of the world to rescue sinners from the coming judgment on the day of the Lord by changing our identity from darkness to light, from night to day. And and He accomplished everything that was necessary for our rescue, for our changed identity, when He died on the cross in our place, taking the judgment that we deserve upon Himself so that we could be reconciled to God as children of light and escape that judgment on the day of the Lord. In John chapter 12, we find these absolutely beautiful words of Jesus. He says this, I have come into the world as light, so that whoever... Whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He's talking about his first coming. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day, his second coming. Friend, Jesus is the light of the world. Everyone who believes in him is transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of light. Paul wrote to the Colossians this. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. But everyone who rejects him will remain in the domain of darkness and will be judged on that last day. Everyone who who doesn't hear the gospel and, and doesn't respond in repentance and faith will be judged on that last day. As we've seen, that judgment will come suddenly and it will be horrible for all who have not prepared. So let me give you a few applications as we close. Friend, if you have prepared for that day by trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, then you ought to be encouraged by this passage. This passage should encourage you. Here's a few ways that you can respond as a child of light. One, you can give and you ought to give praise to God for your salvation. He is the one who does the saving. He's the one who does this changing at the cost of his only son. And so genuine praise and adoration and thanksgiving is the only proper response to the fact that children of light are rescued from the coming judgment. But there's another application. You don't have to live in fear of the coming judgment. We don't know when it's going to come, but listen, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live in fear as children of light. If you've trusted in Jesus Christ, you don't have to fear the coming judgment of God because you belong to the light. And third application for children of light is this. Friends, by all means, we must declare this good news of the gospel to those who are still in the darkness. We must proclaim this message of salvation to the world. The reality of the coming judgment is one of the reasons that we are burdened to go to our neighbors and to the nations with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can hear the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ alone and be rescued 
from that day of judgment on the day of the Lord. Peter said this, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Children of light, if you're here today and you're a child of light, God did not save you so you would keep your mouth shut about what it is that transferred you from the kingdom of darkness and light. He saved you so that you would live your life proclaiming the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We must respond as children of light to the fact that we've been changed with a message of hope and proclamation coming forth from our lips and from our lives of how Christ can change anyone who will respond in repentance and faith. And that leads me to those who are not children of light. If you're here today and you have not prepared for that day by trusting in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, then here's what you need to do. You need to repent of your sin and believe in Jesus Christ. To repent means to turn away from your sin and to believe means to turn to Jesus. You turn from sin and you look to Christ. You look away from that which is is enslaving you to the darkness and you look to the light of the world who has come and laid his life down for you to rescue you. And just remember, there's no middle ground. I want to close with one more word from the Old Testament. And here we have judgment and rescue. Joel chapter 2, verses 30 through 32. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Here's our hope, church. Here's our hope. Verse 32. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said. And among the survivors, there shall be those whom the Lord calls. And Paul says in Romans, quoting from that passage of Scripture, he doesn't say that that day is the day of salvation. He says today is the day of salvation. Today is your opportunity to call upon Jesus Christ for salvation. If you've never called upon the Lord for salvation, would you call upon Him today? And if so, if you do, then you too can be aware and prepared for God's coming judgment. Because you'll be children of light. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Our musicians are coming and we're going to We're going to join our voices in worship. We're going to respond in worship in just a moment. But I just want to ask you, are you ready, church? That's the burden of my heart today. That's the the plea from my heart. More than my plea, it's it's God's plea to you. Are you ready for that day? Can can you confidently say that you are a child of light? Not because of anything that you've done, no good deed that you've done but because you've trusted in Jesus Christ. And today you are trusting in Christ alone, His finished work on the cross to save you. Are you trusting in Jesus for salvation? And if you're not, if you're not, here, here's what you need to do. You need to, you need to confess to God that you are a sinner and that you deserve His punishment. And you need to trust in Jesus and what He did on the cross. You need to say, God, I know that I'm a sinner. I deserve to be punished on the day of the Lord. But God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And I am giving my life to Him. I am, I am, I am casting myself upon Him. And I'm going to depend solely upon Jesus to rescue me on that day. Because He died for my sin. He took the punishment I deserve 
on Himself on the cross. And I believe that He rose from the dead. And I believe that He's coming back one day. And He's going to rescue everyone who belongs to Him. And so, God, today, I want to belong to Jesus. After the service is over, after we're done singing, if that's the something that God is calling you to today, if He is calling you to salvation, please come and tell me or tell someone that you came with so that we can help you as you begin to follow the Lord with your life, as you begin to walk as children of light. Father, we thank You for the Gospel of Jesus. If there's someone here who has not been saved, Lord, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Father, for those of us who are children of light, help us to Worship You with glad hearts. Help us to not fear that coming day. And Father, help us to share the hope of the Gospel with those who are still in the darkness so that they can be transferred to Your kingdom, the kingdom of light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.